Whether you're coming from a boat or a stand, welcome back to the lodge with your hosts, Matthew Dredska. Wait, no, 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 that's not what I meant. No, no, come on, no. Dang. Patrick Mudge. I really don't know what to say that's funny because I'm not a very funny person. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) And Nick Condor. There's a difference between picking and itching. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell me they're gone. I won't have nothing left. Don't tell me you're strong. Back to the Lodge is brought to you by Icy Tech. USA. Hey, let's just be honest. No one can ever completely beat a mature whitetail census. But if you play your cards right, you can fool them. Now, for all the work you put in to getting this close, make sure the camo you choose is up to the task. Mossy Oak. Made for moments like this. IC Tech now has tumblers and apparel. Check out ictech.com or visit the hardware house in Huntingdon, Bennett's Hardware of McKenzie, to find all your IC Tech coolers and accessories. IC Tech, the classic roto molded cooler that started an entire industry. 100% veteran owned and operated. IC Tech USA. Get up. This moment was brought to you by Higdon Outdoors, a leader in the waterfowl industry for over 25 years. Check us out at HigdonOutdoors.com. Higdon Outdoors has been helping waterfowl hunters make the most of their time in the field for over 25 years. We are a family-owned company and we're proud to serve duck and goose hunters just like you. We make high-quality, innovative decoys and hunting products that you can afford, helping you focus on what's really important. Check us out at HigdonOutdoors.com. Innovation. Quality. Customer service. That's Higdon Outdoors. Get real. Get Higdon. It's the 6 o'clock hour here in West Tennessee. I'm Patrick. I'm Matt. I'm Nick. And I'm Will. And we are back to the lodge. It's season two continuing uh, as we're here in Icy Tech Studios here in Huntington, Tennessee. And uh, boy, have we picked a hot topic tonight. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, talked about it briefly, and I told you quit because there's a lot of good material. I don't want to hear it yet because I want to be able to have a honest rebuttal without me looking up facts. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's gonna be a good one. I, I think it is, and that's why we brought old Will Spleasley in here to help out with it. Hello, <laughs> but it should be a good one. Should be a good one. We're gonna we're gonna talk about, I guess, to. To cut it short, we're going to talk about tonight how you as an outdoorsman cannot shoot yourself in the foot, proverbially. I think that's a word. Or literally. Yeah. 
Yeah, or literally. Well, it, it's it's just we're going to talk about the climate of hunting a little bit and how people have been doing good and then how people have been doing bad with it and, you know, sort of what we can do in the future to you know, conserve what we hold so close. I'm trying to keep it alive for yeah. as long as we can. Well, I mean, we definitely were talking about this. I brought it up to you the other night. And what set this all off was, look, I, I, it's a love-hate relationship when it comes to social media. I think we all agree on that because there's a way to connect and, and organize and share thoughts, ideas. But lately, and, and look, I'm not going to sign the the cause, the root cause of the blame for this on political climate or anything like that. We are so freaking divided as a nation right now, and that division is coming across everything. I mean, in, and that's what we're, I want to hit on tonight is in the hunting, outdoor, fishing space, is the public shaming in, in the shaming and hunting and the shaming and fishing. And, and I've seen it, Matt and Will. I've, I've seen it in everything, everything lately from, you know, the COVID vaccine to the, to the election. Like, oh, you're, you're getting the vaccine, shame on you. Oh, you're not getting the vaccine, shame on you. Right. Well, look, now I'm, I'm sick and freaking tired of seeing shaming in the outdoor space. And what I mean by that is, like, look, you've got outdoor groups, hunting groups, fishing groups. I know you guys are members of some of them yeah. too. We're, I mean, I'm in different ones as well, and we're in some of the same. I am so sick and tired of somebody posting, and, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead because it's just e- this is an easy example. We'll use bucks for for an example. And if, look, if you don't hunt, you're tuning in for the first time. Uh, a buck is a male deer. Typically, there are antler doe. That's a whole another story for a whole another episode for a whole another day. Um, <laughs> I don't even get me started on that. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> You know, you have that could guy. be an hour discussion right there. It's I don't think an hour is enough <laughs> in, the, in this year. But the point of the matter is, you know, if somebody goes out and look, hunting is a dying community. If you look at the harvest numbers year after year after year, it's averaging almost anywhere from a seven to fifteen percent decrease year by year by year. There's a couple states that have an increase, but the overall national average is on a decrease. If I see and I'm not even going to say a child, but a minor, somebody young getting into the into the outdoors. They could be in their teen years or even their early 20s. I mean, some people start late. I know people that start in their 50s. But if you harvest that animal and you did it legally and ethically, there is absolute no excuse for anybody to be shaming them because that deer wasn't big enough or that deer wasn't old enough or that deer looked funny or maybe that deer has cwd i don't want to get on the cwd we'll save that for another episode but i've seen people go that deer looks like it has cwd no it doesn't in in fact there's certain states where you actually have to take there, there's exams to understand what a cwd or deer looks like and i know michigan's kind of ahead of the curve with that they actually have an online uh it's almost like a powerpoint but it's an exam and you you look at the deer and you can determine over time and practice whether or not they have cwd but anyways i i at least 50 times in the last seven days, I've seen people shaming other people for their harvest. And I'm sick of it. I'm so sick of it. And it's, it's the system. It's, it's like anything else. And, and I know Matt looks at me funny every time I even use this word. But, I mean, the, the buzzword that I'm coming up with now is Hollywoodicized. <laughs> I don't know a better way to word it. Do you, do you have a better option man on that no word. i don't i the fact i get what it means i don't have a 
I mean, that's what it is. It's Hollywood, you know, not necessarily, it's obviously not Hollywood, California that's in here, but it, it's the, that it has to look a certain way. It has to walk a certain way. It has to, and the fact is a trophy is a trophy is a trophy. It doesn't matter if that's a spike to you, if we're just going to stay, if we're just going to stay with the, the buck talk, it doesn't matter if it's a spike or if it's a beautiful 180 inch, you know, whitetail. It doesn't matter. It, right. It's what, it's what that person who chose to take that critter, whether it was deer, whatever it was, that's a trophy to them. And if it's going to go and feed their families, good on them. Right. Well, and that's that's where this is coming from. So when I come up with this word Hollywoodized, I feel like George Bush, um, <laughs> just making words up. I'm I'm blaming social pressure coming from outdoor television, and that's where it starts. And I'm going to go down this road. I already, I already warned you. I know. I was going down this road. I am all for herd management. I'm all for healthy. But if you're on public land or you're on a couple acres, don't, don't, even, don't even start talking to me about herd management. Um, you do a great job at it. We'll get into that some other time. I mean, but you, you're managing hundreds of acres. There's a big difference. I this young man post. I'm not even going to say what group it was. I'm not going to. I'm not going to call people out directly. This this is my address to the entire community. But but this this guy and this was an older gentleman. Probably I would say in his 40s. I didn't get through his whole Facebook to see how old he was. Calling out about a 19, 20 year old kid because he shot a four point. Actually, I think it was a five. It was a three two. And uh, mo- I mean, most of the comments were positive. You know, congratulations on your first buck. You broke, you know, you broke. You know, the first one's the hardest one to get. Um, but then more comments started coming in, and it made me sick to my stomach. You know, we're we're sitting here preaching about how hunting is is going away and and it's a dying breed. But the reality of it is, we're doing it to ourselves. We're we're pissing people off and shaming them. And they don't want to hunt. They, they're not even proud of what they did. Look, if you're going out there and you're putting food on your table, it, if one, if you've never done it, you ain't got no right to judge anybody else for doing it. It's been going on long before we were here, even before Native Americans. And if you're not even sure where Native Americans come from, you should probably look that up. They migrated here as well a long time ago in the Continental Divide as they came over from the Northwest. But hunting was part of that culture. In the early 1900s, there was approximately 300,000 white-tailed deer on average survey, now we're going to go with the benefit of the doubt because technology wasn't so great in 1910. But 300,000 estimated white-tailed deer to currently over 30 million in the U.S. I mean, some states have 300,000 harvest numbers. I mean, it's it's insane. Pennsylvania is one of the biggest numbers for states harvesting hunters. Um, Wisconsin's right up there with it. Pennsylvania can't hunt on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. It, it's still a blue light law. And, <laughs> and look, those laws have been around a long time. Some states don't want to change them. Some states do. I'm not. I am not even getting on that tonight. Like that's, that's a whole other ball game. But the Hollywood size is what I'm getting to. In in people on TV feeling like if you don't kill, first of all, it has to be a buck. And if it's not a buck that's 160, 170 inch plus, you're not a real hunter. F you. I mean seriously, f you. The whole point of hunting is to feed your family. So if you're going to shame somebody based on the antlers, number one, you're now a sport hunter. And I have I have no respect for sport hunting whatsoever. Um, every single one of us in here hunts for meat. 
and also to not just nourish our own families, but families in need. So let's get that out of the way. But this pissed me off. And you, you told me to keep it reeled in, so I'm well, keeping here, it reeled I want, in. I want to clarify something. These guys, these guys that are out there, and they're spending <laughs> ten grand a year on a lease, and they got a 10-year lease. I understand why you're doing some QDM, quality deer management for the people that aren't aware. And that is taking smaller deer, letting them grow till they're bigger, waiting until they're you know at the size you want them, at their maximum growing potential. Some deer you can tell after two, three years aren't going to make it to that 160, 180 class, so you take them out. But if that's, if that's how you hunt, you're still eating them, good on you. I don't, I'm awesome. 180-inch deer, I don't care who you are, it's a pretty deer. Yeah. But I'm not going to be the one who's ragging on that 19... 19- 20 year old kid who just shot his first buck damn be a five pointer don't matter i mean it's bigger than my first buck my first buck was a spike and i've killed many a spike i agree and (laughs) at the end of the day that again this is what it gets back to and i i even like i was like look i'm gonna get on this tangent because i'm pissed but i also want to back some things up with this and just like you said the cost of hunting the what people are spending you know if you're good at it it is cheaper than going to a grocery store by far. As long as you have property. And that's yeah. what I wanted to get to, and I'm, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. So, statistically, leases right now are through the roof, okay? It is average estimate. And there's a lot of projects out there doing research on this. So, look, I already went and did my research. You know, Google your own if you want to argue this or back it up. Google your own numbers. According to the USDA price index average average for farmland in the U.S., it has gone up 300% in 20 years. What was 1,000? Actually, it was like high 900s to 1,000 an acre to over a national average of over 3,000 an acre, while the average blue-collar income home average salary went up 6 to 8%. That's a steep difference. Right. Now, yes, minimum wage has gone up, but skilled wage has not gone up. And, and that was mind-blowing to me. We keep raising minimum wage, but we're not raising skilled labor wage. Right. That's a freaking problem. So you have a 300% cost just in access to the land. Now let's add on how much. I, I didn't even look into what licensing has gone up. I remember paying 15 20 bucks for a license, and that included your deer tag. What is it now in your state, Matt, back home? I only know now the non-resident, non-resident what, which is three just for deer season. Sure, I think it's three fifty-two mm-hmm. is what it cost me a couple of years ago when I when I went up there and bought it. I haven't bought it the last couple of years. I've been going out to deer camp and just hanging out while they were hunting. Yeah, because I mean that's a lot of money. Now here, I know when I first moved here, I think the sportsman here as a resident was one twenty-seven, one twenty-six, one twenty-six. And everybody was mad when it went up to 126. And now, it, and now it's 168? One, 172. Yeah. And that's in how many years, though? <laughs> Eight years? Uh, yeah. I mean, even just when I was a kid. I mean, I I remember when you could get your sportsman, migratory bird, and ducks, to everything you would need to hunt anything here except for bear yeah. for, like, under 100 bucks. The duck stamp was 5 bucks, and Granddaddy got mad when it went to 10 yeah. Now it's, what, 27 as of the other day? Something like that, yeah. So, okay, so when we talked about cost, I mean, cost has gone up. We we can show how cost has gone up. I mean, we can even talk about ammunition. I mean, I mean cost look, has gone up. We can just break the, down. So your, your license just to hunt deer in Tennessee is going to cost you, let's just call it 100 bucks, just for easy math. With, with no does. Right. So 100 bucks, 
You have to have your hunter safety. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that cost is now. Usually, a, most states do it for free, a, or yeah. there's small fees. A basic a rifle is going to run you three hundred bucks, yeah. and that's that's basic off the shelf. But yeah. it'll still kill a critter. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a it's box dope. of ammo, if you can find it, it's going to be about forty bucks. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there is plenty of public land out there, but now you got to buy a WMA permit or whatever you need. And to get we're on that. we're referring to firearm hunting, right? We haven't yeah, even thrown in bows. I mean, you can start at a thousand bucks on some bows, yeah. easily, easily. But I mean, you're looking at probably entry level. You're looking at if you don't have a rifle, you don't have anything. You're looking at five hundred bucks easily. year one, and that's using just the clothes you have at home, not buying anything, like yeah. just that old pair of Carhartts you have, and, and just leaning up against a tree, so, which works. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, yes. and that's that's what I was getting into next. So you can spend all that. You can get the rifle, the scope, the optics, the ammo. You know, the stand, the blind, you know, whatever whatever you can do. Right. If you feel, and I've done some crazy stuff. You've actually, Will, mm-hmm. helped me kind of break out of that mold even further. If you feel that you need a $1,000 camo, and look, I, you're not paying for the pattern. I want to make that clear because we are partnered with Mossy Oak. I love Mossy Oak. Mm-hmm. I love what they stand for. I love what they do. You're not paying for the pattern. You're paying for what the pattern's on, okay? And and look, if you can afford it, great, wonderful. But don't shame somebody because they don't have what you have, and that's where I have a problem. I can go out and hunt, and you can too, and I know you can too, and hell, even you can too. We can go out with absolutely zero camouflage on, zero and I promise you, we could, every one of us here could out-hunt anybody that says that they need that stuff. Promise you. How many deer we dropped that one morning? Five? Yeah, sitting in a bright blue chair. I don't think I've worn camo much. I had Carhartt on that day with now, camo now pants. Here, here's going to be <laughs> my – this yeah. is my uh, devil's advocate part one. Okay. When I'm gun hunting and we're, u- we're using our well, rifles yeah. and Different I'm poking 300 yards. Yeah. Now, Different when I am story. bow hunting is where I get right. crazy. That's where my stuff stays in okay. a scent lock bag. Okay. It. Okay. We but gotta all get that being close said, enough for that to all matter. All that being said, I'm going to devil's advocate you right back. Uh-oh. Could you not check your windage, get high enough up to where they can't see or smell you, watch your wind, and hunt properly? Sure. Exactly. Sure, you could. You could. But the difference of bringing them to 20 yards versus 300 <laughs> I, me and Will were talking about this on the way to Real Foot. Certainly. We'll get into what we did last week. But um, on the way up to Real Foot last week, I was telling him how during rifle season, I don't really care. The deer aren't getting close enough. I mean, if the wind is correct, they will definitely send you at hundred, at 300 yards. But if we're set up right, which we always are, mm-hmm. that's not an issue. But I look at, especially bow hunting, as this pie chart. And everything yeah. adds percentages to success. Does camo hurt? No, it doesn't. No. Because I had a cigarette hanging out of my mouth with Will and his wife next to me, and a young buck come within eight yards, eight feet, ten eight, yards, eight, sure, eight, ten I mean, feet. sure. And I've and I've killed deer without camo too. But yeah. does the camo hurt? No, it doesn't. No, no it doesn't hurt. But my, probably, my point is, you can get camo. You can go get Walmart camo. Sure, but you don't need to shame somebody for not having. And, and I've seen, I've experienced it. I experienced it years ago. Well, you don't have the new scent lock. That's twelve hundred dollars for that. Look. I wear what works. I work. I'm older now. I wear comfort. Mm. I'll put. Look, I'm, I'm wearing Under Armour right now, but I wear Under Armour 4.0. Is it pricey? Yes. But does it keep my butt warm? Absolutely. But what what was the alternative in the military if you didn't have Under Armour or, or uh, Long Johns? You remember? 
we waffles, did, we pantyhose. Didn't, we didn't have Under Armour. Uh, we had waffles. We didn't have Under Armour. Yeah, well, they had pantyhose. People <laughs> actually brought pantyhose. Must be nice oh. being Navy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Under Not Armour me. and stuff. It was actually Army that showed me that. Thank you very <laughs> we, much. We, we didn't have no Under Armour. We got y'all's hand-me-down, like, waffles. Actually, yeah, Under Armour was not authorized when I was in. They said it wasn't fire-resistant or fire-retardant. We couldn't wear it. And it I'm, was, I'm just saying you brought up the Under Armour. Yeah, I, anyway, I didn't yeah. see no Under Armour. We were, Here, we here's my point. This, let, I want to get back on the tangent because we got way the hell off of it. But products have created social classes, especially in the hunting space. And I get everybody's out to make money. Everybody's out to make a living. That's capitalism. And I don't – look, this is not a dish on those products. I want to make that very clear because to an extent we are one of those products. But our product is also at a standard retail and wholesale distributor markup. We don't put an extra margin in there. We don't put a third, fourth, fifth margin in there. We don't. None of us are making money. We don't even get paid to do this. We're doing it for fun. Nick probably hates us by now, but he's here. I don't hate y'all a little bit. <laughs> but if you're a sticker company, you know, or you're that product that. Because you have it, you're better than somebody else. Or you're, look, take that entitled bullshit and shove it because that's where I'm drawing the line. And, and I told you day one, the reason I got into IC Tech, the whole reason I got excited about it is because it's the OG. It's the original cooler. The people that get it who have been using it for decades, it's priced right. It's priced for the cost of the manufacturing, the cost of the raw materials, and enough margin to keep the damn stores happy. There's no fluff. And, and that's exactly why I did it, was to keep a freaking price affordable to the outdoorsman. Look, if you want to go buy crap, you want to overpay for something that does the same damn job, fine. I have, I'm not dogging on that. I want to be clear. We're not dogging on that. But don't shame somebody because they don't have that top-of-the-line product. And, and social media is great at it. You do this, you do that. Well, you're wrong. Well, you're wrong. You know what? This is America. It's supposed to be freedom of speech and respecting other people's views. You don't have to like it, but shut up. And, and you know what? If you're, in, if you're criticizing somebody for the, what they killed and they were out there and they were part of the sport, shame on you. And you know what? Here's another example. Oh, you're a crossbow hunter. Look, if you prefer the compound bow or you prefer the recurve, go do it. Go be about it. But if you're going to sit and bitch that the outdoors is falling apart and nobody wants to get outdoors, you're in the wrong because that's somebody who's getting outdoors. Matt, perfect example. I'm going to switch it back over to well, you. And truthfully, this is one of the topics that I that over the last probably 10 years, my mind has changed on it. Sure. Because I grew up in the, if you have the ability to pull a vertical bow back, pull it back. Now I have a lot of friends that can't mm-hmm. due to shoulder issues or whatever. Fine with that. I always said... And my, my views have changed, but I always said, if you can, you should pull a vertical bow. Sure. Now, I don't know if it's I'm getting older or whatever it is, but it's not wiser. No. But it, that, it's just that it, it's another opportunity for somebody to get outdoors yep. and be effective and ethical, and I'm about it now. Now, I, don't, I still don't own one, but I'm not against it anymore. Well, in the, in the same argument. Okay, so that would be like a fisherman saying, because you like bow fishing. Well, bow fishing's cheating because you're not putting a worm on a hook or a lure and you're actually attracting the fish. You're just going out finding the fish and shooting it. It's the same argument. But at the end of the day, you're practicing conservation. You're typically focused on invasive species and you're improving the ecosystem. I don't see anybody else doing that. So counter-argument, right. 
you know, is it a fishing pole? No, it's a bow. Right. You're not you're not attracting it to you. You're going to it right. and killing it. However, you're also improving the ecosystem. That, oddly enough, we you and I have had this discussion many times. You get animal rights activist groups going against bow hunting. But yet they're okay that if you don't do it, the ecosystem crashes and there is no vegetation and wildlife. Right. But they're okay with that. Right. That's hypocrisy. It's bullshit. It's also just the not knowing. It's the it's they're not even looking. You right. know what I mean? They're not even looking for the knowledge. It's the of, three foot view of, of what happens. Yeah. Like it's when when populations become out of control, they that doesn't that's not there in their head. Ignorance is bliss. I mean, if if you don't. If if you're okay to stay ignorant about something, at some point, it's no longer ignorance, and it's just <laughs> I don't really know what to call it. But I was ignoring the comments, and now I'm seeing them all. Shame on me. Uh, Mark Snyder brought up a good one, and you know what? He's right, even though it's funny and it's embarrassing to me. And you both made fun of me for it. Uh, Probably will again. My so. mid layer. <laughs> so <laughs> I go with what works. Okay, so for yeah. Halloween. Oh, yeah. I had, and I bought it like a year ago or something. There was this uh, Ted onesie, adult size, and it said Thunder Buddies for like. Barely. It's impressive that you <laughs> found one to fit that. You know what like, I mean? Need to cut the feet yeah. off. God, I'm six and a half foot tall. But no, they were, there were no feet. It was, oh. they were high waters. But anyways, it had a head, uh, a hood that was like a bear head ear. I cut the damn thing off, and I'm like, this thing's so, I was sweating my ass Not off. Not the first time. No, I no. wore it the first time. I looked like Quasimodo. You did. So I thought so I was like, did he have something wrong? But you know what? I don't. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's just too long. No shame. No shame. I don't care. I cut the head off and I zipped it up on my mid layer. And I'm, Will's like, dude, you're wearing your Halloween costume. I'm like, I'm sweating my ass off right now. I'm comfortable. And I was warm. You're like, yeah. I'm cold. <laughs> I, I was that bad. I, I did not really plan for that. But that was my $10 mm. mid layer, dude. Well, I mean, that just goes to show. I mean, if you do whatever works, but. Just on a on a super side note, like it, and it's different with public land and stuff like that. But that property in particular has been so meticulously maintained, as far as not being overhunted and things like that, that you have a chance to just go out and be out there and practice these different things, and you don't have to be in a ghillie suit, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you are, that's fine. But you know, like ten feet away, you know, somebody's smoking a cigarette and dip in and sitting there just kind of chilling out and the deer gets where you could throw a rock at it mm-hmm. you know it happens but there are certain practices that that fall into place and you're right about you know yes you could do things that make that occurrence happen more often you, you know, don't maybe, have to is the point no you don't have to and especially like with rifle hunting i mean as long as as long as you're out there your wind is right you're you have permission to be wherever you are you know, and it's it's one of those things that it, previous planning. I mean, planning ahead and taking care and being stewards of the land. I mean, is what is what gets you to the point where you can do that. Where you could take somebody out. We could take somebody out there who's never been hunting before. Put them on any of the rifles. I probably put them on hers. It just you put them on a rifle that's sighted in, ready to go. And just tell them to do it. And then you could show somebody start to finish how the whole process works. They don't see, it's like any kind of production, they don't see the years or the weeks or the days of work that go into it ahead of time. They just get to experience it firsthand and see, hey, I really enjoy this. Yep. This is something I want to keep doing. Mm-hmm. 
you train them well so they know what to do in the future so their kids, their grandkids and whatnot. I think that's how you keep the sport going. But you're 100% right, you know, getting on there and complaining about the camo somebody's wearing or the how old it is or whatever the case may be. I don't even wear camo. Well, and you know what? Like, I, I have a lot of things that I can pick apart in the duck hunting world. But here's one thing that I will say. From my experience, the blind hunters, not not the ones that... All right, so I'm going to break it down for people that don't know. Some people hunt duck ducks uh, wearing waders yeah. in the field, cornfields or against a tree in some timber. <clears throat> some people hunt out of duck blinds, which is a wooden building built that you can mm-hmm. conceal from the duck, where camo isn't as important when you're hiding in a duck blind. So one thing I will say that is nice about the blind, you know, the blind hunting uh, duck hunters is how many different camo patterns were in the blind with us all eight of us had different yeah including my diamond rio yep. jacket and gray pants we, we all had different camo and the only question the questions weren't because i had the most expensive hunting jacket out there that i bought years ago that i shouldn't have but whatever i spent three hundred dollars on a i'm not going to say the name on He's a jacket bougie. but it's cold it doesn't work it, it, it yeah. i get i stay cold so i looked at our buddy reed and i said man what are you wearing I, it's not the camel pattern. Are you warm? I said, yeah, I just got this $50 hoodie, yeah. which it is in a camel pattern, but it was natural gear. He was yeah. wearing natural gear, which maybe doesn't hold the weight of some other bigger name camo companies, but he goes, this is all I wear from the start of the season to the finish of the season. This, yeah. this hoodie is what I will wear. And he was warmer than me in my $300 jacket. His, his bibs and jacket, that hoodie probably didn't cost maybe no. half of what... What's your big expensive and then, jacket? And then you did. look at Chase and hey Chase, what are you wearing? Well, I'm wearing blah blah blah, and it's yeah. warm. It's it's just yeah. it's all about warmth, not the pattern. And right. camo, I believe it helps in the woods, but I don't think it's a necessity. I think it's situational, 100. percent But here well, in West Tennessee, in particular, you could see a hundred different kinds of camo, but around here, most people hunt out of trees, twenty, thirty feet up in the air. Or they hunt out of elevated box stands where it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can smoke cigarettes. You can, you know, don't do this bad. But, you know, you could do all these different things. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's it's about training. We were all brought up, you know, differently. But if somebody's never, you saw it in the military, somebody never been around guns or anything, and you get to the range and they outshoot you. So you don't have to retrain anything, but you show somebody the right way to do something once, and that's going to stick. I love mm-hmm. watching the guys in, in hunting videos on, on the hunting TV shows, and they step out of their box blind in $1,200 of camo, <laughs> yeah. and they've been hiding in a box for the last 12 hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, who are you hiding from? They had no better luck than we did. Probably worse luck a lot of the times than we did laying on the side of a field. Well, people <laughs> need to understand. The, trees. the one time I went hunting out there on your property, we were mm-hmm. sitting in brightly covered lawn chairs, <laughs> not with our backs against trees, just on the field edge, tucked yeah. back just a little bit. I was wearing my tan Carhartts. You were wearing something similar. Your wife was wearing something similar. And we just sat there, and I don't know how many deer we watched. I know we watched that eight-pointer for 30 just minutes, just trotting it. around. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't, and I'm going to steal that from you, Matt, because that's when we talked about camo, you are talking about expensive camo, cheap mm-hmm. camo. Okay, camo's camo, camouflage, and I, I want to explain kind of how that works. So there's, there's different patterns 
of camouflage. So okay. there's because we know what the, how this works, but we got, we can't assume right, everybody right. listening knows how the camouflage business works. So you know you've you've got your major patterns everybody knows. Obviously mossy oak. And I'll bring up mossy oak because we know them, we love them, they're great, mm-hmm. and their patterns work. They're effective, and, and some of them are old and they. They've been popular long before Forever. we were ever around. You still know? are 60s popular. Or 70s. Yeah. Yep. Some of those are still so, super popular. Especially the bottom land. So, yep. okay, right. so what people need to understand is, okay, no matter what camo pattern out there that you choose, okay, the price of the product you're buying has nothing, nothing to do with the pattern itself. So you can go, okay, I'm going to use Mossy Oak Bottomlands as an example. And, and if Mossy Oak gets mad at me for explaining this, then so be it. I, I love them, and I have nothing positive to say about them. Uh, I mean, nothing but Negative. positive to say yeah, about I'm them. still going to wear it no matter what <laughs> exactly. you say. I'm, I'm still going to wear my mossy oak every time, too. But my point is, you can buy that same pattern with the same insulation, with the same waterproof or non-waterproof barrier for $20 or $2,000. And and that's where people go, well, I don't like Realtree or I don't like mossy oak. They're more expensive. No. It has nothing to do with them. It's the clothing manufacturer that license the camo pattern from them to put on their products. We fully anticipate to do our mossy oak coolers here soon. We've been working on the prototypes with hydro dipping, and I would love to have the, the lid patterns that we debuted at uh, ATA. Was it Shot Show ATA ATA. So ATA last last year, last season. Uh, that's a license that we have in a partnership with mossy oak. So when people go, well, why is one twenty dollars? Why is one a thousand dollars? Two major reasons. Number one, the manufacturing process. Okay. If it's now let me back that up. If it was made in China with clothing manufacturers, and look, clothing manufacturers have been in China long before most of us were. The point of the matter is the cost of the manufacturing is cheaper, the raw materials are cheaper, you're paying for the shipping. Now shipping has gone through the roof. Jesus. Tariffs have gone in because of the last administration. Tariff was anywhere from thirty to thirty five percent. Certain textiles, materials, raw goods, you're paying 30% extra. So now, when a retail store was making anywhere from 25 to 40, 50% margin, mm-hmm. somebody had to eat that 25, 35% tariff. It wasn't China. Right. It was either, and it's usually split up. Some companies passed it straight on to the consumer, some Appreciate companies that. ate it out of their margins. Some companies split it up. Like if you were selling in Walmart, Maybe Walmart made a little less money. Maybe the distributor made a little less money. Maybe the manufacturer made a little. It, it ha- that money has to come from somewhere. It's just like stimulus money. You get it now, it still has to come from something else. So it's the same product. If you're paying more, maybe it's made in the U.S. Maybe the people at the U.S. factory make $25 an hour. Maybe the raw materials cost more. And then the third variable is maybe it's just a lifestyle entitlement brand. Maybe it's not high-quality materials. Maybe it doesn't cost anything. You're paying for the name. And I'm not going to name anybody. No. But I've got four or five on top of my I head. Say I, can go, I can go form. I love – look, Monster doesn't pay me. You Monster's owned nice. by Coca-Cola now. We know that, I think. But They are. Yeah. I love Monster Energy drinks. Um, I hadn't drank them for probably 10, 15 years. You're welcome. Yeah, and then Matt got me hooked back on him again. But anyways, my point was, if if I wanted to start monkey butt energy drinks, I could call Monster Energy and say, I'd try it. uh, Can I white label your product or OEM? And they say, yes or no. And if they say yes, they say, what do you want on the can? Pay us enough money and you can do whatever you want. And I can put monkey butt energy drink on here and sell it. 
and charge double, triple, quadruple because it's a premium brand. Right. And you want your can to say monkey butt. I mean, that's how the business works. That's how the world works. That's how business works. That's how some companies... He's teetering that line right now. Did I wink hard enough? Let me go back at it. Yeah, you twitched almost as hard as I did. That's how some companies grew their name by buying other people's stuff and putting a sticker on it. I got news for you. Icy Tech isn't a sticker company. And, um, man, it just... I want to break down this camel thing. One take, more time. Yeah, please the, take the, this off the, me the, for a minute. I want to, I'm going to take it to a happier note or a more, uh, a more, uh, I don't know, please. teaching, learning uh, mm. mode. So camouflage. The point of camouflage is to yeah, break exactly. up your your silhouette. Yep. Silhouette. Like if you're just wearing solid black in the woods. Now, deer do not have the greatest of eyes. No. Are you going to talk about the color? Color blindness. Yeah. Well. Yeah. They don't have the greatest of eyes. They don't see in all color and. And either way, all you're doing with camouflage in the woods is you're breaking up your silhouette. Mm-hmm. I don't care if, I mean, that that camo could truthfully be pink, orange, and lime green. What is that, muddy camo or something? Yeah. The yeah. Black and purple and pink. You're just breaking up. A, you don't want to be a solid figure because that's yeah. not natural. And that's what's going to spook the deer is an unnatural appearance in the woods. And obviously, I mean, to our human eyes, that would look super goofy if I was wearing a tricolor neon jumpsuit out there but it would probably work just different earthy colors i mean right. it's the same thing in the military and everything else i mean if you break your silhouette up to shapes that aren't just immediately recognized by people or animals is that what they're thinking about with the acu pattern name of the game y'all are just well that's awful that's pretty bad <laughs> that's awful that's pretty bad but yeah i mean you're right as Deer don't care. I mean, they don't. There, there are deer that don't know what a human looks like. They just know what those same trees and sprigs of grass that look like other deer, right? Stumps and stuff like that looks like. So, if we just make ourselves look like another set of random shapes and whatnot in the in the woods, I mean, they don't know us from. Now, that there, tree there are critters out there whatever. that do care about color. Sure. Duck, sure. Ducks, number one, absolutely. Anything that flies typically has really good eyes. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it worked really well. Turkey so, duck. <laughs> like, so, like ducks, you're not going to stand out there in no. outside against a tree and blaze orange. No. It's just you're going to flare every duck that flies no. by. But, you know, deer, you can get away with some stuff. Kind of, I don't call them dumb, but they're just, they're so set in their routines. I mean, some of them live at the same you know, half acre, one acre, their whole lives. Right. They just, as long as the food doesn't go away and there's water nearby, they just stay I, there. I think it's things that fly and predators are the ones that have the best eyes. Because coyotes, coyotes see me real quick. Coyotes you know, have good eyes. Bears quick. have good eyes. Yeah. I don't think they've got great eyes, but they've got good. They have great I've, noses. I've never met one, but well, they smell you from a mile away. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But I know anything that flies. Their yeah. their eyes are great. I stomp around in the in the squirrel woods with whatever hoodie I've got. I mean, blaze orange on my right. back. It don't matter. I'm just chasing down some fuzzy tails. Well, and I appreciate you guys jumping in on this with me because you know, Matt, how pissed off I was the other day. And uh, look, at, at the end of the day, this this is the United States. And and if I was to consolidate my message, actually, I'm going to preface that first of all. Let's go on. A, I'm going to say something positive. How about that? Whoa. I know, right? That'd tonight, be a change. Tonight it's going to be a change. First of all, I want to thank and congratulate everybody. As uh, 
this will be our first new upload episode on iHeartMedia. Yep. That's right. As we are now. Thank you, Nick. You're welcome. <laughs> We've been on all the platforms. But now we're on iHeart. So if you're turning it, and especially if you listen on iHeart, um, and those who've been listening, I think the only platform that you can get reviews on is Apple Tunes. Is that correct? That's the only uh, one I've seen. I know you can sure. on yeah. Apple Podcasts, but I, I don't. We've had hundreds now, 150, 160, five star, all five star reviews. So if you're listening, and you're especially if you're on that platform, um, and you gave us that five star review, thank you. Yeah, thank you from all of us. <laughs> and yeah. That means a lot to us because without you, we don't have a voice, and and that's really important. That I want to address that before I consolidate this message. But the reason, I mean, I grew up, I'm going to say this, I grew up in the outdoors. I grew up fishing. I, I learned to fish from my grandmother. We talked about that in a previous episode, catching bluegill off, off a pond even. But it's it was something. I was three years old, you know. Yeah. But I grew up in the outdoors. I grew up in the appreciation for the outdoors because at the end of the day, society has brought us luxury, convenience. Almost anything that goes to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office is an invention anymore is to make your life easier or make you lazier. Bottom line. It's not about creativity or new engineering or a new way of doing something. It's an easier way of doing something. I don't care if you're blue, red, conservative, liberal, COVID fanatic, COVID conspiracy theory. I don't care. This is America. You have a right to think how you want. It's the old saying, you have a freedom of speech. Your freedom of speech begins where the next person knows ends. You can't scream fire in a full theater. Stop shaming people if they're not hurting you. If you don't know true facts and numbers... You have zero credibility. I won't watch any of the media stations anymore at all. Matt talked me into that. Hmm. Because they're both. Good for your health. And I say both because truly there's only two sides of media. And, and even media that proclaims to be omniscient and you know, all, all news. No. It, it's still, you can, if you listen carefully, don't listen to what they're saying. Listen to how they say it. It's opinionated. Well, I'm not going to say names or scenario. But I saw 10 years ago an interview that I was part of go on to a national news you know, leader, one that everybody knows. I watched my words talking about a situation that happened. And I was briefed by our PR lady on what to say, basically reading cue cards. I know what I said. 24 hours later, it's running all across the nation. And it was my words, 100%. My words, they just cut it in such a way that it told literally the exact opposite story yeah, right. that I was telling. I'm not oh, going to yeah. tell, I'm not going to say no, what I news. That, they're notorious it, for it. It was the one that I thought was on my team. I lost my track. I thought it was good. delivering my final message and I lost my train of thought. You're welcome. Thanks. You're welcome, viewers. Butthead. <laughs> but anyways, I was talk- how, we were talking about media. Opinion. Okay, so opinions. So again, your opinion, you're entitled to your opinion. If you want to believe... Look, if you want to believe that COVID's fake or you want to believe that the vaccine's fake or real, I don't care. You're entitled to that. This is the United States of America. You're entitled to that. 
But as soon as you make somebody else uncomfortable because you're shoving your views down their throat, you're in the wrong. It's about allowing people to do what they want to do. We have a show based on the outdoors because we enjoy the outdoors. If you don't enjoy the outdoors, you're never going to hear us tell you you're wrong. If you're if you're a member of PETA and you love animals, I'm never going to tell you you're wrong. I'll invite you to come with. Absolutely. And hopefully, hopefully you come into it with an. I'll open come mind with and, I'm and like, I'll go with you yeah. too. I'll go, I would go with them too. Yeah. I would do it in a heartbeat. But let's be open to each other's opinion. Let's respect human beings because that's the only damn race on this planet that is doing anything. So as Matt likes to say, either don't just talk about it, be about it. The shaming's got to stop. It has to stop, not in the outdoors, but everything. Especially the outdoors. That's why I mean that's why I brought it up because this is an outdoor show. Veteran shaming, outdoor shaming. I, I, it's got to stop. We are we are splitting slowly down the middle in everything we do. Everything we do. I don't care if you're a combat vet or non-combat vet. I don't care if you're a bow hunter, a crossbow hunter, a rifle hunter, shotgun hunter. I don't care if you're a PETA person. I don't care if you're an animal lover and a rescuer. You're a, you're a human being. You deserve respect. Black, white, orange, purple. I don't care. We've never had these problems. Like, to the degree they are today. And I want to thank our listeners for putting up with this rant <laughs> and especially you guys for putting up with me every single day but everybody everybody should be a lot prouder of us than i think right. they are you just say right. prouder yep you so made up words made up why can't i make because up words? you can't spell mine <laughs> okay i can't spell mine either hollywoodicized nope somebody coined that word maybe we can put that in webster dictionary next not week. a real word <laughs> look i mean at the end of the day it, and i we're, we all have our own opinions we're entitled to our opinions you're entitled to your opinions but when I think of Hollywood and what's going on, Hollywood is drama, action, <clears throat> fiction, nonfiction. It's everything. But Hollywood doesn't exist if there isn't people to eat it up and be entertained. That's exactly right. And that's yeah. the end of the line. That's, that's, that's where the buck stops. Media, Hollywood. If you want to be entertained, put on a movie. Yeah. But there are many people in this country that have work, things to do, productivity, and they don't have time or they don't need a movie to have satisfaction. We didn't have movies hundreds of years ago. We don't. It, humans can live without them. Humans can live without them. Do you remember that far back? Eat a you know what? Pizza. <laughs> Thank you. Cake. Tacos. Wings. Hot dog. Wings, Wings in about thirty minutes. That's right. Yes. <laughs> um, and by the way, a special happy birthday shout out to one of our dear friends, Alan Ballard. It's his fiftieth birthday. Today. He's gonna kill me for saying that. Yeah. But we're gonna go see him and wish him a happy if birthday. He drank. I'd buy him a beer. I know. He, he's got more hair than I do. It's true. Everybody has more hair than I do. <laughs> well, you had more hair than I did the other day. Like four of them. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, if you're checking us out yeah, on Facebook, obviously you're listening to us live on Facebook. Uh, you can give us a follow. Look, if you like what we're saying, whether you agree or disagree, it. I love conversation. Share it out. Tell your friends. Let them know. Uh, and then if you want to check us out on Instagram, you can check us out at Back to the Lodge on Instagram. Uh, real simple. Matt's in charge of that account, so if there's nothing on there, that's his fault. Uh, but if you message back Reading's to the lodge hard. on there, <laughs> it'll go to Matt's in charge of that one. Wink, wink. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. So <laughs> you have to learn to read quick. <laughs> I think I, would you say we covered? I don't want to say covered everything, but covered that topic enough. Yeah. For one evening. Yeah. Because we could go into this for months. Oh yeah. Let's uh, do a quick recap of 
Where did we go last week? So we went to Real Foot. I like how you asked like you forgot. No, I was teeing them up. Yeah. So we went to Real Foot. Um, Here, look. I'll tee you up even better. Why don't you guys slide this way a little bit? Because our people that are watching Facebook Live are going to love this. Just sit in my lap. Ready? Ready? Stand by. (laughs) If you got Elf on a shelf, we have Matt on a lap. Here you go, guys. You're welcome. (laughs) You're so warm. Like, uncomfortably warm. You're welcome. You may have peed a little bit. That's what that is? I thought it was me. At least I'm wearing clothes in this episode. Darn. <laughs> but, uh, but no, we, we went to Real Foot. Um, we, were, we were invited. Um, thanks to them, by the way. I was invited. I brought you. Well, fair. You know, plus one goes everywhere, I guess. <laughs> but um, no, we, we got to go enjoy Real Foot. Um, Real Foot Lake in West Tennessee. Um, we got to do some duck hunting mm-hmm. and uh, see some eagles. Try to steal our ducks. Steal our ducks. Uh, <laughs> it was a weird day. It was kind of warm, mm-hmm. but um, but it, I mean, it worked out well. We had a really good day. It was um, everything that I that I wanted out of a little hunting excursion. We got to go up there the night before. We got to hang out with the boys. People have met Chase on this show before, so we, yeah. we went hunting with Chase. Um, <laughs> but we got to go up there the night before, hang out at Duck Duck Camp, which is yeah. always a ton of fun. No yeah. stress, just hanging out with the guys, and then. After that, we well, we slept about two hours. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't wasn't a lot of sleep, but yeah, slept for about two hours. Really then. warm the next morning. Uh, it was cold. We were, so break, cold. we were breaking ice on the way out there. It was, and uh, I tried to fall asleep on the boat, and uh, Chase was nice enough to slam that log for me. <laughs> found out later that he hits it every morning. Yeah. Um, so I want to thank him for not steering away from it that morning. Right, but. Uh, we did well. But we shot yeah, some. We shot some ducks. And was it total eleven? Eleven ducks, something yeah. like that. Which it wasn't. It was what six of us. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't a super crowded blind. Um, we had a dog. Food was good. The food was fantastic. <laughs> Reed, uh, Reed cooked Reed, it all. The night after, he had a twenty-four ounce steak and uh, oysters and salad baked and potato. baked potato and everything. The next morning, what six wow. hours later, he had. Potatoes. Absolutely a whole pound of sausage, yeah. at least eight or nine pieces of bacon. Two like, different flavors of sausage. That's true. <laughs> he he could definitely out eat me, and that's that's weird. Yeah, because he's he's a little taller than me. Dude, but he's every, not a, everybody can out eat you. No. He's like <laughs> no. That's a weird thing to say. You haven't eaten as much in the last week as I have in the last forty eight hours. Do you know what he ate on the ride here? <laughs> a double cheeseburger. Thanks, guys. And a chicken sandwich. <laughs> Yeah, so we ordered the... I'm not impressed. And now he's still hungry. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I do like to eat, but... I think you uh, and I need to go to a buffet one night. I mean, I'm not proud of this. There's a side effect to my eating that you know about. We're the, Our viewers are familiar. I mean, you no, spaghetti burp all the time. No, we're not, we're not talking about that. Oh, Anyways, gosh. But no, uh, we, we had a great time out there. Yeah. It, Chase has a great, great, great blind this year. Yeah. Uh, it's a draw blind out on real foot, and... Um, They've just done a lot of work. It's, too. it's a super nice blind. A lot, a lot of it's going to be an issue know. for you because it's. Well, you already warned me about that anyway. It's yeah. about you would have to crawl belly button height for you or me. Me in the back. Whew. It's you're short. gonna. He's gonna literally have to like. You think dig I could hole. get like a hover round in there? Or something? No. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> no. No. Sure not. But sure not. Chase has a great hole this yeah. year. It's just the, the what few ducks we saw, they just worked that hole. 
And I don't know that we had a single duck come into the decoys that left the decoys. No. Good shooting. No, some fast good, movers yeah. that kind of skipped over us when we were talking and paying it. You know, but, wouldn't paying it. But that's the thing, though. You, we was it's big enough where you, six people could sit out there and smoke and joke and hang out. And we'll get Patrick out there you know. in January. Chase is going to bring us up again. Uh-huh. And then Tennessee's doing that really cool season this year. Yeah. I know. I'm yeah. looking forward yeah. to yeah. it, but I'm also not looking forward to the jokes, the photos, and the pranks that are going to happen to me being as tall as I am. I'm more that's worried the best about part. you. I'm more worried about you coming out of the shooting <laughs> hole. Yeah. <laughs> You coming out of the shooting hole only because when you you're going to be waist high when the ducks are yeah. flying you you dip back behind and underneath yeah. the lip and yeah. you just sort of watch them through the brush that's going to be a very awkward angle. For I don't know if tall. I'd be able to move back forward and then to um, come out. To come, I mean, I it's know. it's the most comfortable blind I've ever shot out of because about just below my chest oh, is yeah, out of the blind, so I can swing. <laughs> but you're going to be yeah. You're going to be your belt line is going to be where the blind ends but it's going to be a good experience i don't i don't know if you're a how tall are you easy? big tuck hunter like five nine and three quarters and how bad was it for you i'm just wide i mean i shoulder width wasn't i mean i kind of had to like squirm up there and i mean i'm not exactly a petite lady i mean i'm nine inches taller than you so i mean but this is how duck blinds especially open water duck blinds they've got to be low profile yeah. oh yeah i get so, it it's just how it is you're gonna be tall but i mean honestly you could almost he could sit in that chair. Yeah, sure. No, uh, no, absolutely. Zach, Zach's yeah. chair or whoever it is. Yeah, Zach. Uh, you could sit in the chair and shoot comfortably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you you would be fine on that, but I think I don't know if you're a big duck hunter before or not. But I've never been. Oh, then it's going to be a great experience. Th- that was supposed to be my it was first super trip. great experience sure. for me watching you're, them. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you. It was it was not my first trip, but I'll take every one of Dang. them because it's a different experience. And when you you know, real foot. We're particularly blessed. I mean, over here because real foot has eagle migration and is one of the. Yeah, we watched at least three different eagles at one moment. Yeah, and then it's just such a unique lake. It looks like a slice of Louisiana got dropped up in Northwest yeah. Tennessee. It's just it's cypress I mean, the, trees. The story is neat. It's it, all neat. The foot that is real. It is. It's a really cool lake. Yeah. With it still sits on the Mississippi Flyway because the lake sits on the Mississippi yeah. River. But you know, once them ducks get here thick. Chase is going to have his hands full in that blind, especially come January. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things. It's just it's and it's not overly commercialized and stuff like a lot of these places are. It's you you go there and there's I mean kind of there's like one gas station. There's like a couple of little restaurants. We had to drive to Hickman to get a steak. Like it was good though. It was it was good, but it's. It's an experience. It is. Yep. It really well, that's is. That's awesome. I'm glad you guys had a good time and it was safe and you got some birds and everybody came back in one piece. That's always good. Um, yeah. That's pretty much going to wrap it up for this week here on Back to the Lodge. So I'm going to sw- switch out. Um, I do want to take a moment on behalf of uh, Back to the Lodge and IC Tech USA to wish our listeners and viewers a happy Thanksgiving. Um, we will have a show. How about a Merry Christmas? And that one's <laughs> I was. It must be the monster. It's like a back corner to the like, future or something. The bottle looks a little lower than it, it did does, before. It you does. You've been taking secret pulls off it, it or def- something? It was definitely not me and Matt. It had to be you. That, was, that was good. I mean, I didn't even catch myself. You guys are like, I was waiting Christmas. for you to I'm catch like, that. You, you said it was such confidence, it almost hurt to say something. Well, dude. Honestly, he had me confused. I was like, I was like, oh shoot, dude, he was yeah, fully was, committed to that. He was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I was excited about turkey again. We <laughs> hope you had a great Thanksgiving. There you go. But even more so, we hope you have a great and safe Christmas holiday with your family. Uh, we hope that everybody stays healthy, uh, and that we look forward. 
as we our next episode will be right before the New Year's. Yep. Mm-hmm. And thank God this year is over. Hooey. So live from West Tennessee and Ice Tech USA Studios, I'm Patrick. Well, I'm still Matt. I'm Nick. I'm Will. And we were back to the lodge. We'll see you next week, guys. Have a good night. Hey everybody, Nick here from Back to the Lodge. If you like the show, if you like the content, don't forget to subscribe to us, follow us, leave a review, and hey, if you want to see us and hear us live, you can go to our Facebook page, Back to the Lodge Podcast, and view us live each Wednesday night from 6 to 7. But until next time, we'll see you when we head Back to the Lodge.